Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. Does this sound familiar? After a while, the people of Joshua's generation died and the next generation did not know the Lord or any of the things he had done for Israel. This is found in Joshua chapter 2 and it's verse 10 and it's the contemporary English version of the scripture. The reason why I read that and asked if it was familiar because it's not so far away from what we're experiencing now in this generation we're in. The question is, are we the generation who does not know God or are we one generation away from total apostasy? And when I say apostasy, that means a total abandonment of our belief in the Lord Jesus. Because in the absence of light, and when I'm referring to light, I'm referring to the light that's referred to in John chapter 1 verse 9. And I'm going to read you the international standard version of the scripture. It reads, this was the true light that enlightens every person by his coming into the world. So the light I'm referring to is the light of Christ, the light that the Lord Jesus brings, and he enlightens every person by his coming into the world. And so in the absence of that light, and when there is no light, a vacuum is created. And when a vacuum is created, it's going to be filled with darkness. As each generation rejects God, by not acknowledging him in our own lives. We're not teaching our children about him. And we're not teaching them how much he loves us, how he provides and protects us. Because it's in him we live and in him we move and in him we have our being. It becomes much like a society that's described in the book of Romans. And it's in Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. And it's the New King James Version of the Scripture. And it reads, Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. What this describes is a a progression. It's a progression that takes place. It starts off by a person being futile in their thoughts. I looked up the word futile. You spell it F-U-T-I-L-E. Futile or futile. You can pronounce it either way. But what it means is incapable of producing any useful result or pointless. So this is something that's deliberate. It starts off, the the scripture says, although they knew God, which means it's deliberate. They knew God. It's intentional. So although they knew God, they didn't glorify him, nor were they thankful. And so they became futile in their thoughts, which means they were incapable of producing anything that's productive. It was really their thoughts were were pointless. The thoughts they had were not thoughts that were of the Lord, but just whatever their minds came up with, that's what they would meditate on. Now, when your thoughts 
produce worthless information. That means that your thought life, it degenerates. So it means it gets more and more of a decline. It gets more defective in how it's, how you think. And I looked up the word degenerate. And the definition of that was having lost the physical, mental, or moral qualities considered normal and desirable, showing evidence of decline. So basically what the scripture says is when a person or a society deliberately, intentionally chooses not to know God, not to teach their children about God, not to live a godly lifestyle before their children and before society, then your thought processes degenerates. It gets darker and darker. And that means that you're not even capable of producing productive ways of thinking. You're thinking about things like where where are you going to go and, and be entertained? Just things that take up your time that don't have any eternal value. And when we see a society that's declining like that, and it passes over to the next generation, and the thought processes get darker and darker, it gets more and more difficult to return back to a state where you are worshiping the Lord. And when you are thinking thoughts that really help you to be able to plan a life that'll be more fruitful and more productive. Because what you feed your mind is what it produces. And what it does, it results in the heart becoming more darkened. And so that means that when you think like that, you're you're driven by your appetites, those fleshly desires. And what happens is that a society just casts off restraints and they do whatever their evil hearts desire. And though they profess that they're wise, you know, professing wisdom, the action becomes fools, according to Romans 1. You become more foolish. You know less than what you think you know. And what happens is that your inner being produces a worldly way of thinking. And John the Apostle speaks about that in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17. And I'm going to read you the New Living Translation of the Scripture. And it reads, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And that's what's important. When you do what pleases God, you will live forever. That's that's eternal life. So it really begins with us controlling what we think. Don't let any impure thought go unchallenged. You challenge that thought and you can renew your thinking with the word of God. Replace those random thoughts with what God says about everything. Did anybody ask Jesus? Today's episode of New Creation is Life's Interruptions. Now, I wanted to start off with how we think. Because oftentimes when we find life interrupt things that interrupts our lives or life's interruptions, sometimes it startles us or it comes as a surprise because of the way we think. Many times when things interrupt you in your life, of course, 
They're going to be things that you don't think about, you don't plan. But if you set your mind on the things above, rather than the things of this world and things of this earth, then whatever comes at you, whatever interruptions that come your way, you will be more suited and more prepared to face them. Although we face different distractions that are clamoring and competing for our attention, we have to be committed to stay focused on what God would have us to do. We have to learn to rise above the fray and train our ears to hear God's still, small voice, because God is not going to speak over a lot of activity. He's not going to speak over noise. He's not going to speak over whatever it is that we may want to train our ears to hear. No, God speaks with a still, small voice. When you get alone, that's when God usually will speak. And then whatever he speaks to you, obey him. See, as we live out this journey, called life. The question is, how do we know if what we're seeing and if what we're hearing is from God? There's a proverb that helps us with with that with just that question. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 14 and it's verse number 15 and it's the international standard version of the scripture and it reads An unthinking person believes everything, but the prudent one thinks before acting. Talking about life's interruptions. A person who doesn't think about what they're about to do or doesn't think about a matter clearly or deeply, they believe everything that comes before them. They believe everything they read on social media. They get worked up and excited about things that other people worked up and excited about. And they may or may not have merit, these things that they get worked up about. But if you're a person who's prudent, if you check things out, if you if you test a thing, like, like the Bible says, beloved, believe not every spirit. It's in 1 John 4, 1. But test the spirits, or some translation says, try the spirits, whether they be of God, because there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world. You have to test things. Don't believe everything that you hear. Don't believe everything that you see on social media. Don't believe everything that's trending. Don't believe everything that you see on the various news stations and news outlets. Check things out on your own. Be wise and be prudent before you respond to things. See, what happens when in the course of our life is abruptly interrupted can happen to you when you least expect it and it can affect not only you but it can affect a whole nation and the reason why I say that is I'm going to take a look at it today we're going to take a look at it today in the scripture an example of this very thing in scripture speaking about life's interruptions God often refers to himself as the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and I mentioned that last week when he speaks of himself in that in that manner, he's speaking of himself being a multi-generational God. And he's also expressing himself as a covenant-keeping God because he had a covenant first with Abraham and it, and it passed from Abraham to his son Isaac and from his son Isaac 
Isaac's son, Jacob. So it's multi-generational. And God is the same way with us today. The covenant, the relationship that we have with the Lord, God carries that relationship with us throughout our whole lifetime. But it's up to our children and others in our lives. It's up to them to enter into a relationship with the Lord for themselves. God's relationship with us, we don't pass down from generation to generation. I didn't mean it in that way when I said a multi-generational God. I meant that each person has to choose to follow the Lord for themselves. But for the individual, God will speak to you throughout your lifetime. And our prayer is that our children, our children's children would too see how we live, see our relationship with the Lord and choose for themselves to follow God. Now, what I'm going to talk to you today in terms of life's interruption, God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And he did this in, in Genesis chapter 32. At that time, Jacob was preparing to see his brother Esau, and he was very frightened before that. He prayed to the Lord about it, and he was wrestling with the Lord. When he made sure that his family was safe, he sent them on the other side of the brook to make sure his family, his wife, his children, they all were safe. But he was there alone, and he wrestled with an angel. And it really was an angel of the Lord. If you look at that scripture, you'll see he wrestled with a man. And and the word man is capitalized. Whenever you see it capitalized, a letter capitalized, it's usually referring to that in that case, it was an angel of the Lord. It was it was it was a divine encounter that he had. And when he wrestled with that man, the man as daybreak came, the man asked him to let him go. And Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And he asked Jacob his name. He said, my name is Jacob. He said, your name is no longer Jacob. It's Israel because you wrestle with God and man and prevail. And so I tell you that because this is the key time that I'm going to share with you when Jacob had a major life interruption. His name was changed to Israel, as I said. He had 12 sons. Now, his favorite son, Joseph, he thought, in this passage of scripture I'm going to share with you, he thought his son Joseph was dead because his older sons had told him this, told him this 13 years earlier when they had gone out and they'd gone out keeping their flock and Jacob had told Joseph to go and see where they were and they decided to kill him. But instead of killing him, they sold him into slavery into Egypt. Now this is, this was 13 years ago. 13 years later, fast forwarding, when I'm talking about life's interruptions, Jacob was just told by his older sons who had gone to Egypt because there was a famine in the land that Joseph was alive. Joseph had gone to Egypt and he was in Potiphar's house first and he later went to Pharaoh. And what he did was he was able to solve a problem that Pharaoh had. He had a dream and only Joseph was able to interpret the dream. And as a result, he was rewarded by Pharaoh to be really his prime minister, his right-hand man in Egypt. So he had prospered in Egypt. This, what I'm going to share with you, is when Jacob or, or, or Israel and his whole family, his sons, all of them, were going to relocate to Egypt. And this was a major life interruption for them. When Israel had last seen Joseph, Joseph was 17 years old. 
Joseph is now 30 years old. He hadn't seen him and he thought he was dead, as I said before. And his sons told him that Joseph was alive. So they were heading to Egypt. Now, this is very key because Israel, who was a man of God, before he went to Egypt, he went and he prayed to God. He went and he sacrificed to the Lord. He was a man of prayer. Talking about life's interruptions. And so before Israel went down to Egypt, he went and he met with the Lord. He sacrificed to him and he communed with him. And I'm going to read to you Genesis chapter 46, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to read the New Living Translation of the scripture. And this is the, the account of when Israel met with God before going down to Egypt. And it reads, So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions. And when he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to God, the God of his father, Isaac. During that night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father, the voice said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you and your family into a great nation. I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. Did you hear that? Before going down to Egypt, talking about life's interruptions and his whole life being interrupted, Israel took the time to meet with God and God spoke to him in a vision. Apparently, Israel may have some trepidation or some fear about going to Egypt, but God said to him, he assured him that it was okay for him to go to Egypt. He said, in Egypt, this is a foreign land. This is a place that Israel had never gone. He said, I'm going to make your family into a great nation. And what God was referring to is when the children of Israel first went into Egypt, they're going in now. It was Israel and his family only. His 11 sons, because remember, Joseph was already down, 11 sons and his wives and their, their, their flock and everything that they had. And it was 70 souls at the time that went down to Egypt at this time. And God said he was going to make out of them a great nation. Remember, they went to Egypt and after Joseph died, they became slaves in Egypt. But when they came out of Egypt, they were a great nation. There were over a million of them. And remember, after Joseph passed away, the Pharaoh or the king who came after Joseph feared them because they were a great nation. And really talking about life's interruptions, God did not want his people to stay and remain in Egypt. And so he intentionally raised up others who would make it uncomfortable for them. Why am I saying this? Sometime in our lives, God gives us life's interruptions to move us out of our comfort zone to take us to a new place in him, to take us to our destiny. And, and a part of the journey for Israel and his family was going to Egypt, going to a foreign land. And so when Israel met with the Lord, he knew what would happen there 
while he was there, God would start the process of making them in a great nation, into a great nation. Let's read Psalm 105, verse 23 through 26. And I'm going to expound a little bit more about Israel's experience there in Egypt. Again, it's Psalm chapter 105, verse 23 through 26, and it's the amplified version of the scripture. And it reads, this is a summary of what happened to Israel. And when I'm speaking to Israel, I'm speaking Jacob's, Jacob's covenant name, Israel. Some of you are thinking about the nation of Israel. Yes, it's the same nation of Israel that's in the Middle East now. It's, it's from his name, Israel. Israel also came into Egypt. Thus Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. Now just listen to that first sentence. Israel, God spoke his covenant name, Israel. He said, Israel also came into Egypt. And then he referred to his, the name that he had beforehand. Thus Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. The land of Ham is referred to, Egypt sometimes is referred to the land of Ham. And Ham, if you remember, was one of Noah's sons. So the, the land of Ham. And also I looked at that term. Ham also means black. So the Egyptians would refer to themselves as, as people of the land of Ham or black people, people of color, which I thought was kind of interesting when I read that. There the Lord greatly increased the number of his people and made them more powerful than their enemies. He turned the heart of the Egyptians to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. This is what I was referring to earlier, talking about life's interruptions. Israel and his family, on the surface, it appeared to, to be an interruption, one of life's interruptions. But it really was the journey that God sent them to in order to reach their destiny that he had for them. And it's key in this scripture in Psalm 105. He went down to Egypt. He sojourned in the land of Ham. So he was, he was just moving. Sojourning means you're traveling through. He was traveling through the land of Ham. And God fulfilled his word here. He greatly increased them. I said that when they left, they went in 70 souls, but they left over a million people. Moses brought over a million people out. And that's who God sent later as, as their deliverer out of Egypt, Egyptian bondage. And then God says, he turned the heart of the Egyptians to hate his people. God was the one who turned the hearts of the Egyptians against the children of Israel because that was God's way to make sure that they kept moving in the direction that he wanted them to move in. What am I saying? Sometimes God raises up enemies. He raises up some type of pushback, some type of, of situation that's uncomfortable for us so that we would continue to move in the direction that he's sending us in. So we don't get comfortable in being ordinary. Don't get comfortable in being common. Don't get comfortable in being moderate or average or in just enough. God wants to move his people to more than enough. And when he brought his people out of Israel, the people of Israel, excuse me, out of Egypt, they came out with sustenance. They fleeced the Egyptians. The Egyptians gave them their jewelry and they went out with sustenance. What am I saying? Whatever it is that God 
has for you, whatever assignment he's given you, you will come out with sustenance. You will be successful because God's hand will be on your life. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but whatever it is that God has spoken to you, whatever assignment he's given to you, he's saying it may feel like an interruption, talking about life's interruptions, but it's his hand in your life. God is calling us to be uncommon, not not ordinary, not normal. This is the time for us to move in greater dimensions in God. And what he has for us, what he has is greater than anything that we have experienced, even during this pandemic, even during this time. God has Israel and his people on a path to ensure his destiny for them was fulfilled. I want to speak to those today who are listening to life's interruptions and may even feel as if they're in the middle of an interruption. And the interruption they're in the middle of is that they don't know this God that I've been speaking about today. If you are a person who's in a situation where you feel as if your life is in such a state that God does not want to hear from you or does not love you, you are sorely mistaken and I want you to repeat after me Heavenly Father I know that you love me I know you sent here your son Jesus here on this earth to die for me and for my sins and I'm asking you to come into my heart today I believe God that Jesus rose from the dead and he's sitting at your right hand even right now and I know that you love me thank you for loving me thank you for saving me Amen. Thank you for joining me today for a new creation. And remember, a new creation exists for you to learn how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. Life's interruption today was designed for us to look at our lives in a way in which some things that may appear to be interruptions are just God's hand on our lives and be open to whatever journey, whatever way that God may want to take you to to achieve his destiny and his purpose for your life. You can find a new creation podcast in Google Podcast. Search for Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, apostrophe S, a new, A-N-E-W, creation. And I hope you will subscribe. Thank you for joining me today. I pray that every word that comes out of the mouth of God will be the words you speak. And they will bring the blessings of the Lord in your life and for the lives of the family members you have and those who may not know right now. We'll decree and declare that their eyes are opening and the eyes of their understanding will be open and they will know the Lord. Have a wonderful day.